0: This episode, we talk about the gun control debate and how the Democratic administration is using recent crimes to push new gun laws. My name is Jacqueline, and I'm just an American. Over the last week, our nation witnessed two horrific crimes taking place. One was the Atlanta massage parlor shooting spree, and the other was the grocery store shooting in Boulder, Colorado. Eight people were murdered in Atlanta and 10 in Boulder. These are terrible and horrifying crimes perpetrated by evil men. But just like clockwork, the democratic elites of America have decided to exploit these terrible events to try and push legislation to limit the freedoms of law-abiding American citizens. This is nothing new. They have been doing this for years. And now, aside from increased background checks, Joe Biden's administration is calling for a new assault weapons ban. Now, for anyone who knows anything about guns, the phrase assault weapons or assault rifle means absolutely nothing. That is not a specific type or classification of guns. It is a made-up phrase to describe any gun that leftists find too scary. What they are looking to do is ban guns that have the ability to hold a lot of bullets, the high-capacity magazines, and can shoot those bullets off fairly quickly, guns that are semi-automatic. The argument that they make is that if we can ban these guns, then even if someone decides to go on a shooting spree, they won't be able to fire off enough rounds, and they won't be able to kill as many people. Now, we have had a so-called assault weapons ban in this country in the past. There was a ban signed into law in 1994 that banned certain types of semi-automatic guns as well as certain large-capacity magazines. There was absolutely no evidence that this ban decreased gun homicides or gun violence while it was enacted. In fact, the mass shooting at Columbine High School happened during the time when those weapons were banned. The perpetrators of that crime used handguns and shotguns and explosives instead. In fact, the vast majority of gun crime that takes place in the United States every year is committed with handguns. According to Pew Research, in 2017, 64% of firearm homicides were committed with handguns, while 4% were committed with any type of rifle. Buried in that 4% are the homicides committed with AR-15s, the gun that is the biggest target of the gun control crowd. Another important thing to note is that most of the mass shooters in recent American history actually did pass background checks in order to obtain their weapons. None of them, to my knowledge, got their guns through the so-called gun show loophole or through the loophole that allows people to sell guns privately. The point is that none of these new gun laws that are being proposed would actually curb these violent crimes from taking place. So why are the Democrats so adamant about proposing them? At best, they are doing it to curve political favor among their base. Voters who want to see guns banned from ownership. At worst, they are doing it as a stepping stone to further and more restrictive gun laws. We all know what is going to happen if these laws get passed. Not a damn thing. Gun violence and mass shootings will still occur because these laws aren't changing one thing about why they are happening. So what is going to happen when these new laws don't stop the crimes? They are going to say, well, we tried, but it didn't work, so now we are going to have to ban all guns. Now, frankly, I'm sick and tired of the lie on the left that says that they aren't trying to take our guns. Come on, people. At least have some integrity and be honest about what you are working to do. When, after the Christchurch mosque shooting in New Zealand, the president of that country instantly passed a law banning the sale and ownership of semi-automatic firearms, which included a mandatory buyback, which is a fancy word for gun confiscation, the gun control crowd in America cheered. Gun control advocates often cite countries like the UK or Australia as role models for gun laws, when these are countries where private gun ownership is all but forbidden. During the March for Our Lives event after the Florida Parkland shooting, demonstrators carried signs that read, ban guns. After that same event, there were two separate editorials in the New York Times calling for a full repeal of the Second Amendment. And we cannot forget Beta O'Rourke, who openly said during his campaign for the Democratic Party candidacy, hell yes, we are going to take your AR-15. So please spare me the no-one-is-trying-to-take-your-guns talk. It's a lie, and it is insulting. Disarming Americans is the ultimate goal of the left, and it is vital that we recognize that for what it is. But after the last year, I am not sure that these dumbs realize the battle that they have ahead of them on this issue. 2020, more than any other year of my lifetime, has shown Americans why it is so important that innocent, law-abiding citizens have means of protecting ourselves. It all started with the initial lockdowns for the COVID pandemic, when we all went to the grocery stores to find empty shelves. That was an eye-opening moment to many people for many reasons. The scariest thing about that situation was the fact that there was no real reason for it. There was no disruption in the supply chain. There was no shortage of food. It was simply a run on the stores. People panicked, and then they started hoarding, not leaving anything for anyone else. If that situation could arise when there wasn't actually a cause for concern, what will it look like if and when there is cause for concern? What will it look like if there is a natural disaster or a terror attack and there actually is a disruption in the supply? Where grocery stores cannot get fresh supplies for days or even weeks, what are people going to do then? This situation was followed very closely by the BLM riots of the summer of 2020. Over the course of several months, law-abiding Americans had to sit back and watch helplessly as Democratic mayors and governors in Democratic states and cities allowed rioters to destroy and cause chaos. Hundreds of businesses burned and looted, people beaten and even killed, and police forces basically commanded to stand back and allow it to run its course. Adding to all that are the calls for defunding police departments across the country that are coming from the extreme left, as well as calls to release criminals from jail over criminal justice reform or worries about COVID. So to wrap it up, this party that is now in charge wants to defund and in some cases dismantle the police, let criminals out of jail, and also take away the ability of American citizens to defend ourselves. Good luck. My family has been in the market to purchase a new firearm over the last several months, and we have been unable to do so. Not due to gun control laws, but due to a lack in supply. Gun stores are basically sold out. I have, and so have several other family members and friends, traveled to various states over the last few months. This is not just a California problem. We've traveled to various states over the last few months, and nowhere has had a supply of ammunition. Ammo is sold out pretty much all over the country. The last year has shown Americans that we cannot rely on the government to protect us or save us. This is not at all reflective of the amazing law enforcement officers working hard every day to keep our neighborhoods safe. But they have had their hands tied far too often over the last year and beyond by politicians who are bowing to the literal and figurative woke mobs. Do we remember the Chaz Chop in Seattle where anarchists were allowed to take over several city blocks and two people actually ended up dying? Americans are stocked up on self-protection and no one is about to hand that protection over to the government anytime soon. Here is another thing. To all of the elites in America, the politicians and the celebrities and the media talking heads who are cheering for gun confiscation to be passed, here is my message to you. Before you even begin to start talking about taking my guns away, you can give up your armed security and bodyguards, every single one of you. Because all of these hypocrites are perfectly comfortable with being protected by armed security while wanting to deny my ability to protect myself and my family. Guess what? I can't afford a bodyguard. I can't afford armed security guards outside of my house. And neither can the vast, vast majority of Americans. The progressive wing of the Democratic Party really and truly are the party of the elites, not caring one bit about the little people. And I don't even want to hear the argument that says that because they are in the public eye, they are more targeted and need protection. Average American citizens are murdered every single day. So please let's not pretend that the only threats to one's well-being are against famous people. That is beyond absurd. The last point that I want to make on this issue is this. The founders did not give us the Second Amendment primarily for home and personal protection. Although that is important and something I believe is a fundamental right. They did not give us the Second Amendment for hunting. The founders gave us the Second Amendment for the citizenry to have some level of protection against a government that would descend into tyranny. It amazes me all the time to hear people talk about what an absurd notion that is today. We as Americans are so spoiled and so ignorant of history that we believe it could never happen here. That our great nation could never turn despotic. It could. It could happen anywhere. And it was highly entertaining for four years, I must say, to hear these same people who say it could never happen here, so we don't need firearms, at the same time constantly say Trump was literally Hitler. If you believe Trump was literally Hitler, you would think that you wouldn't have wanted him to be the only one with the firearms. People will often say this is a ridiculous argument because our government has nuclear weapons. And so what good will our AR-15s be against that? Well, let's be real. If the United States government decided to nuke its own people, we would be having bigger problems than any of this. That would quite literally be the end of the world. That is highly unlikely to happen. But what isn't unlikely, what has happened throughout history time and time again, is governments disarming their citizens and then proceeding to infringe on other rights. Free speech or free press rights, seizing of property, arresting people without cause, rounding people up for re-education camps. And if you think it is impossible to see that here, I would remind you that there were more than one leftist with the platform over the last few months that called for re-education and, quote, truth and reconciliation committees for um, those Americans who supported Donald Trump. It is the unfortunate reality that there are many human beings in the world with a hunger for power. Absolute power corrupts Absolutely. So our founders established the right of the people to keep and bear arms in the Second Amendment behind only freedom of speech and religion because that was how important they knew it was to maintaining a nation of the people and for the people. Congress can pass all the gun control laws they want and since the Dems have control, they very well might, but good luck enforcing them. Americans simply will not comply. We will not turn our guns in with any silly mandatory buyback program, and they will never send agents door-to-door for confiscation. Not only will American police officers or military personnel never participate in such an operation, but you would actually have blood spilled if that were to be attempted. The only thing that these bans will achieve today is a hearty black market for these types of guns. There are just too many out in circulation, and it does not take a rocket scientist to modify a gun to make it into something that is illegal. People do it every day. So good luck, Joe. Good luck, Dems. Because if you actually think you are going to enact any laws that will succeed in denying Americans our right to bear arms, you're going to need it. All right, we're going to go straight into our three questions of the week. So question number one comes from Francis. The Second Amendment was written at a time when semi-automatic rifles were not invented. Why should the Second Amendment of today cover that type of weapon? I actually really hate this argument. I really hate this argument that says that because when the Constitution was written, these guns were not invented, that means that the the right to keep and bear arms does not apply to these weapons, okay? Um, if that is the case, then because Twitter and Facebook and cell phones and email were not invented in 1776 or in 1788 when the Constitution was actually ratified, then I guess that means that free speech does not exist on those platforms as well. The television was not invented back in that at the time of the founding. The, you know, internet was not definitely not invented. There were no cable news networks, okay? And yet all of those things, you know, CNN expects to be covered by the First Amendment by freedom of the press, right? Well, CNN didn't exist back when the Constitution was written and neither did cable news and neither did television. So if you're going to make that argument, then that is an argument that needs to be made across the board. If it were made with other of the amendments and our constitutional rights in mind, it would sound absolutely ridiculous. All of our lovely leftist liberal news organizations that rely on the First Amendment to be able to exist and do their job do so with the knowledge that the First Amendment applies to them, even though they are using Uh, means of communication that did not exist back then. And the same applies to the Second Amendment. Okay, And, and this is it's a logical argument. And so many people make these arguments because they sound good, but they don't follow them through to their logical conclusion. You cannot apply that argument to the Second Amendment without applying it to all the rest of the amendments. Okay, so and really, I don't like the argument that because something is old, that means that it is no longer valid. People make this argument against the Bible all the time. Like, well, this is a book that was written thousands of years ago. Why should we take it seriously? The Constitution was written hundreds of years ago, a couple hundred years ago. Why should we take it seriously? At what point do we shut that off? I mean, should we still read, you know, should we still study philosophy? Should we still study Socrates and Aristotle? I mean, should we still look at the discoveries of Galileo? Like, should, or should we just say, well, that was a long time ago, so we should just kind of not pay attention to that? That's not really, it's just not a consistent argument and it's not a good argument. To me, it's just, an excuse, like it's a cop out for making a good argument uh, to just say, well, I mean, it's old, so we shouldn't listen to it. Well, unless you're willing to apply that across the board, then that's not a legitimate argument. Because and, and at that point, like, well, how old? I mean, if something was written or discovered or created before the year 2000, should we just discredit it? I mean, that that's just not how any of that works. So unless you're trying to, unless you're trying to make that argument about the entire constitution, which believe it or not, some people actually are, uh, then you would not be able to just make that argument about the second amendment. All right. Question number two comes from Emily. Why does a civilian need access to own or operate military grade semi-automatic rifles? First of all, (laughs) the AR-15 is not a military grade rifle. Okay. It is the civilian version of the military grade rifle, but the fact that it's a version, like the civilian version of it, means it is not the military-grade rifle. I mean, that's, it's, it's just not. It, that's a lie. It is something that is often repeated and often said. But the, the, the weapons that are sold for the general public are not at the same standard or level um, as the weapons that are sold by the military. All right, and question number three comes from Evan. Question number three comes from Evan. Why do Americans feel they need to own a semi-automatic rifle? While I understand they have the right to, no one needs an AR-15. Okay, so the beautiful thing about rights, the beautiful thing about God-given constitutional rights, which is what our founders believed they were doing when they wrote the Constitution and they gave us the Bill of Rights, was giving us rights that were given to us by our creator. What they were doing, and the beautiful thing about these rights, is that we don't actually need to explain why we want to exercise them. That is something that I think a lot of people miss when we have these conversations, okay? I don't need to explain to you why I need a particular type of gun. You know, we can have conversations about what guns should be illegal or what guns should be allowed to be purchased by the general population, and we can make arguments about it. But when it comes to private citizens and a lot of people be like, well, why do you need an AR-15? I need an AR-15 because I'm allowed to buy one and it's my constitutional right to keep and bear arms. And that's all there is to it. You know, it kind of reminds me of the conversations that we've been having over the last year when it comes to COVID and the pandemic lockdowns and people would say, you know, why do you need to go to church? And it was just kind of, I don't need to explain it to you. I have the right, the constitutional right, to exercise my freedom of religion and to practice my religion in the way that I choose and in the way that I like. And if that includes going to church, then I have the right to go to church and I don't need to explain it to you. You don't need to understand or agree with my exercise of my rights, my constitutional rights, in order for me to have the rights to do that. Okay. so there's a lot of reasons why people want to own AR-15s. There's a lot of reasons why people want to own semi-automatic weapons. I mean, I knew somebody who uh, he had somebody break into his house when he was at home and it was three large males that broke into his house at the same time. So I always kind of laugh when I hear people say, you know, well, I believe in the right to keep and bear arms and I believe in having a gun to protect myself. I have one small handgun at home that I have to protect myself. And it's like, that's great. I think that's wonderful. And if that's what you're comfortable with and that's what you want in your home, then I think that that's fantastic. But, you know, there are situations where you might have three large adult males break into your house and that one little gun might not actually do it. And so um, there's a lot of reasons why people want to have the right to own, you know, more high powered weapons and they are legitimate reasons. And at the end of the day, though, I think it's important to recognize that it is not incumbent upon us to explain why we need to exercise our constitutional rights. That's not something that is not a part of the Constitution. It's like going to people, you know, it's going to someone and saying, well, you know, saying that is really mean or saying that is something that I disagree with. So why do you need to say that? I mean, when we're having the gun control debate, you know, why do you need to say that I am putting my love of a physical object over, you know, human life? Why do you need to say that? That's not what I'm doing and that's not why I'm doing it. And so, you know, maybe you shouldn't say that because that's not something you you need to say you say it because you have the right in the United States of America to speak your mind and to say what you want to say and to have that freedom of speech and that's not something it's not something that needs to be explained it's not something and it's not something that needs to be understood my rights are not based on your understanding of them or your agreement on them they are just something that I have the right to do Thank you for taking a moment out of your day to talk about the gun control debate in America. I will be back next week with another deep dive into issues affecting American life from the perspective of Just An American. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps each and every week. Also, please share this episode with a family member or a friend so we can help spread the word. You can follow me on Twitter at jjnamerican, You can also message the show by sending an email to jj at imjustinamerican.com or visiting our Locals page at imjustinamerican.locals.com. You can also follow the show on Instagram at imjustinamerican. This episode was produced and edited by Brian White. Music for this episode was written and performed by Michael Beatty.